some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have for us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? Uh, you know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Apollo. And I'm Ash Epp. And just in case you didn't know, this is Pride Month. Yesterday was the first day of June, which is Pride Month. And I don't know, um, Mr. Producer, what was last month? Was it lust? Was it gluttony? Last Where were we month, last month? Uh, I believe, well, I don't, it wasn't a sin articulated in the Bible, but I think last month was Idiot Month. <laughs> well, that's every month. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the way things are going, uh, we have an interview uh, you're going to see tonight with one of the J6 prisoners, Jake Lang, and it's a it's a powerful interview and another heartbreaking one because this this is another example that you'll see later of exactly the rights that we do have as Americans. Are they? We've covered the World Economic Forum and all these absolute demons who uh, you know want to make make us eat 3D printed meat. And now they want to give us Tabangachi children. Uh, and in case you haven't wondered, or in case you haven't. Notice they keep talking about reducing carbon emissions. You're the carbon they want <laughs> to reduce, just, just so you know. Right. Uh, but if this trend continues, uh, at the end of June, I have a feeling that uh, July is going to be wrath month. Wow. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. That is uh, my prediction if things continue. Yeah, just in case uh, folks didn't know, um, it was Pride Month. Google is going to make sure that everyone knows. Can we? Uh, can we show it? <laughs> yes, let me let me show you this live, everybody. So this here, I'm just at Google. Let's yeah. type in Pride. Let's see what happens here. Oh, well, isn't that Aww. special? They've got the pedo flag down there with the the kids. Yeah, little devil's horn on that last hand marching by. All good stuff. You know, Proverbs 16, 18 says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs eleven twelve says when pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with humble, with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs, Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. And Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. So as we, eh, celebrate's not the right word, as we endure through Pride Month this month of June, which, you know, if you're looking for an alternative, Ash Epps' birthday month is a, is a good alternative that you it's can Ash use. Ash and Apollo's birthday month. Ash and Apollo's clear. birthday month. Sorry, Apollo. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's, that's generally what I call June, but, um, I would like to just say, could you bring up, I, I marked it in the drive as AA, uh, just, a, a, a what I think about, about pride month, the Babylon Bee did this back in, um, back in 2020 and, uh, yeah, please don't flood us again, God. Because we have become Sodom and Gomorrah or a more perverted version of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, a place where children aren't safe from their teachers. So, uh, you know, as the world throws up there, every, every logo out there has a rainbow flag on it and we see marches where, you know, people are simulating sodomy and other sexual perversion in the streets of American cities. Uh, let's, let's pray. 
Well, there was a, uh, <laughs> Let's fall to our knees the, and ask God to heal our land because this is insanity. One of the, I can't remember which one it was. I just saw, I saw it yesterday. One of the, I believe it was an army or some military like liaison uh, office to, I believe, a country in the Middle East uh, or, or maybe it was U- Ukraine. They are now flying the pride, pride flag. And, and I'll be clear. Um, no, I don't agree with the lifestyle. I don't care if you're gay. I have a lot of really good friends, and I have. I still have good friends who are gay. I have friends who are transgender. I've had clients who are transgender. Yep. I do not care about that. Um, what I care about is the fact that this is one-sided. This is a culture war. They want to throw this in our face, and yet, does Google do a... Uh, do they make a big deal about Memorial Day? Was there a nice little fallen soldier thing? Do they do a thing every time we have uh, the 4th of July? No. Occasionally. It's not thrown in our face. We're not even allowed to celebrate 4th of July anymore. No, and God forbid that you say, hey... Uh, you know, you, you can't even openly uh, talk about uh, heterosexuality or, you know, old-fashioned family values without being called a bigot, let alone parade it. Imagine if we had a heterosexual pride, uh, you know, can't parade. Do it. Can you imagine? No. Is uh, This is a culture war. And given that we are in a war, uh, we are going to be talking about the fact that they are assaulting our fields. If you're not familiar with what I mean by that, um, you go back to uh, ancient times, you know, the Romans— uh, they would salt the fields of their enemies. And the reason is you make them unable to Manufacturing feed a food crisis. Yes, there was just uh, in the last, I believe, 48 hours, there was another chicken farm that shockingly burned down. That's uh, We're probably up to uh, getting close to three dozen food processing facilities in the United States that have now gone down. As we're seeing, uh, you know, gas and the inf- in, in, uh, infant formula shortage uh, accelerating. All of these things are coincidences and completely unrelated to each other. Because if you think that there might be, as Paula says, a a plan to salt the fields, a plan to manufacture a food crisis, you're a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist. It's totally normal that three dozen food processing plants have gone up in flames. And it's totally normal that, uh, you know, we didn't have this supply chain crisis until we had this scrotus so-called ruler of the United States. Scrotus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that sounds like a, a South Park uh, term. Yeah, that's uh, that, I, I, I stole that from Spiff Force Live. We had uh, um, Joan Up on the show a few weeks ago. She she was on that show, and her brother coined the phrase Scrotus, which is super uh, appropriate. I think it is. Yeah. Well, uh, <coughs> I think we'll we'll jump into it now. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not terribly worried about the food crisis because the Biden administration is all over this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the infant <laughs> formula, they are on yeah. top of it. Food shortages, not a problem. It's Putin's yeah. fault, but he's handling it. Right. Uh, gas prices, they, uh, my goodness, what did, I saw something that they bragged about how uh, like a Memorial Day cookout dropped like 14 cents from last year. 16. That was, was that 16? was oh. last year. Uh, that was last year that they said that they they were, they actually came out. And I think it was hot dogs, if I'm not mistaken, that were yeah. 16 cents cheaper than they had been the prior year, touting it as a win. Um, that's how tone diff our government is. That's how out of touch with the American people our government is. But if you pull up AOI, uh, 2.1 is the one I'm looking at here. Uh, $2.1 billion being committed to strengthen our food, food system. Because you know what? We have... We have loads of money that we can just, you know, flow into all the different causes and, and uh, crises and problems and, and everything that our, our scrotus says we can. $2.1 billion to strengthen the food system, if you jump to the next one. The Biden administration announced on Wednesday more than $2.1 billion in funding to shore up weaknesses in the country's food supply system exposed during the COVID-19 pandemic and the aftermath of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I'm just going to pause here for a second. When they say exposed, what they mean is created. Yes. Yes. And when they say, here's what we need to do, what they're telling you is this is what we are going to do to you, whether or not you like it. When they say in the next 10 years, there's going to be a rise of AI and machine learning and a push for urbanization. And, you know, you're going to you're going to own nothing and be happy. What they're saying is we're going to make you. And we're going to own everything. And we're going to own everything. And we're going to be super happy. You will be grateful to us. 
so for back to providing this. you with the reality that right. we deem right. you so deserve. The, <laughs> the country's food, so weaknesses in the country's food supply system that were exposed during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and the aftermath of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Such nonsense. Near record food prices have challenged governments around the world and the Biden administration's handling of inflation is a major concern for voters ahead of midterm elections in November. I think that that's true. I think inflation is a is a big um, a big topic for voters uh, in the midterms. I I don't think Biden has handled inflation at all, right? I mean, the Biden administration came out and said this is the inflation is transitory. You don't have to to worry about this. This is a blip on the radar. Everything's going to be fine. And then you know, a couple days ago, Janet Yellen came out and said, "Oh, you know what? I was wrong." It's not transitory. You know who knew it was not transitory at the time that she said it was transitory? Everyone. (laughs) Because you can't print trillions of dollars with no consequence. And we've been doing it for decades. So um, I like this this next article. Um, I was flipping through this last night, and uh, it's, it's... it's a great one. A one. Oh, yes, this ta- the taste of home. Yeah, yeah, the taste of home that is soon to be out of Red Dawn. So, ten items you might not find in your grocery store. And why? Oh yeah, and and why? Right. So, uh, so these are ten ten items. Right. Food shortages are going to continue into twenty twenty two. It's spotty. It's not a widespread situation. And oh, yet and so- slow and cautious return to a pre pandemic normalcy <laughs> last year. Oh, you mean just normal life before. They went before full the manufacturing of crisis. Yeah, before they went full uh, art hard and destroyed our economy and blamed it on a you know something that they manufactured themselves. Yep. Something that we've never seen before. Yep. Uh, so let's go through these items, shall we? Yeah. Avocados. I know everyone likes their avocados, especially uh, the liberals. I'm sure you're going to miss your avocado toast, uh, but you may see this fruit less on shelves soon. Why? Oh, they recently suspended imports of Mexican avocados after a U.S. plant safety inspector in Mexico received a threat that U.S. uh, U.S. inspectors are posted in Mexico to check whether Mexican avocados can be safely imported without their imports. Imports may may be on hold. Right. So the narrative decode here is there is a shortage of avocados coming soon because of an American government action. The government has created the shortage of avocados. That's what that says when you read between the, the lines. You're a good translator. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were fluent in deep state. I am I am fluent in narrative, that is for sure. All right, paper goods. Oh, remember, hey, you remember, Ash, you remember the, the toilet paper uh, rushes, the rushes on toilet paper? I do, because, you know, when, when that happened, we were actually in Florida. We were on spring break visiting my parents, and we left March 21st of 2020, which was the day that DeSantis closed the beaches. Um, and it's also my mother's birthday, which is why I remember it so well, because we left on her birthday, and it was the day that they closed the beaches. And uh, when we got back, there were no supplies anywhere. It was a barren grocery store, except for cauliflower pizza and other crap like kale that nobody wants to eat, right? But all the all the actual food that you want to you know have for your family that you need to feed your family was gone. But toilet paper in particular was a big one in 2020. Um, I actually traded some bullets for toilet paper in 2020 because <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we had plenty of ammo and no toilet paper. Uh, but yeah, so it looks like uh, this is going to come back. This is an item we're talking about paper goods. This is an item that we've seen at the top of the shortage list for the last two years, toilet paper. Marketplace reports that we should expect to see continued shortages of toilet paper along with paper towels and other paper goods as paper mills struggle to keep up with demand and supply chain issues abound. Mm. We've been hearing a lot about this paper shortage. We should probably do a show on that in general because it's also a... Um, you know, as more jurisdictions around the nation are pushing for hand count paper ballots, there are actually people using the paper shortage as a reason for why we can't, why we can't secure our elections. Yeah, we can't can't print ballots if you don't have paper. Right. Got to use those uh, blessed machines. Got right? u- to use the poll pads. Got to use the tabulators. Electronic voting machines are the way of the future. Oh yeah. So uh, here we let's let's go on. Um, Canned goods. Oh, this is good. This is good. So I want you to think about this. Everything. Talk about. Remember, I said salting the fields, right? Uh, what would people stock up on that would actually protect them? Most people do not have the facilities, the resources, the planning to actually have a a, a full homestead 
uh, to feed themselves with animals or, or whatever. Hunting is probably not a great idea, but canned goods. Uh, so with people stocking up on canned goods in 2020 and 2021, probably because they shut down all the restaurants and destroyed the economy, and now we're seeing supply chain shortages like we've never uh, witnessed before, uh, this shortage has continued through the pandemic and reduced supply of products like tomato paste, canned vegetables, and soda, and it's likely to stay the norm. Not only that, but eggs and meat. Last spring, news of a chicken shortage resulting. So on the chicken shortage, I know quite a few people who are farmers. I know them well. Uh, one of them has told me several reports of someone in their area, and this, this is the same story I'm hearing in several states. Uh, in addition to the chicken factory burning down uh, over the weekend and several dozen other uh, you know, food processing plants either being hit by an airplane, that's one that I, you can't make up, or burning down or you know, an explosion happening. Uh, they, because of this new avian flu that they're pushing, they were, uh, they were visited by the USDA. Are you over monkeypox? I, I might be. <laughs> it's possible. We have to keep our pandemics in order. Well, <coughs> no, but this, this is important, though, because they came in and this is happening everywhere. They are, the USDA is coming in and saying, oh, hey, by the way, you have to uh, kill like 5,000 chickens. Mm -hmm. That actually just happened to someone that I know. Uh, they were told you must kill 5,000 of your chickens because a PCR test found that they have avian flu. Yeah, that was what that. So this happened in the beginning of the COVID pandemic as well. And it was mm -hmm. widespread My my husband was working as a butcher at Whole Foods at the time. He's a, a chef and um, had, had done a bit of a switch and was working as a butcher at Whole Foods and the meat shortages were legit. And they knew the, the, you know, meat supply chain knew that it was because they didn't know yet if COVID could spread through animals. And so they made the decision to slaughter a whole bunch of chickens and pigs and, and meat. Um, on the eggs front, though, uh, somebody posted in my chat last night on Telegram about water glassing eggs. Uh, you can only do it with with um, fresh eggs. You can't wash them off because they I guess when they come out, they have some sort of protective coating on them that makes this work. But you can put you take the eggs from the chicken and you put them in this solution, this lime solution. And they say that you can store them shelf stable, no temperature controlled environment, shelf stable eggs for up to two years. And when you you crack them and open them and it's like eating a fresh egg. I don't know. I've never done it. I dig it. I've never done it, but I thought it was cool. I'd never heard of that before. And I think that those types of, uh, you know, pr preservation techniques are, are making a comeback, certainly. Um, there is but definitely yeah. return to the old ways. So just to, just to you know, kind of summarize where we've come so far. We started with avocados. So, you know, you can think, oh, you know, these are luxury items that are out of the grocery stores. We don't all need avocados. Totally fine. But we very quickly progressed to uh, paper goods, canned goods, and eggs and meat. Right. So shelf stable foods are definitely um, on the list here. If you move to the next one, pet food, the continuing shortage of aluminum and shipping issues have led to shortages in dog food and cat food across the country, with several local papers reporting bare shelves at the pet stores. According to Fox Business, even big retailers like Target and Amazon are facing shortages of pet food, leaving many owners scrambling for their furry friends, staple food and treats. So this is due to aluminum and shipping issues. Um, not sure what is happening with the aluminum shortage, but we could uh, we could call ball, um, you know, the ball uh, canning using ball jars back in the day. Ball is based here in in Colorado, and they are um, they make the majority of cans, beer cans, soda cans, all that kind of stuff. Aluminum business, but. They also do that most people don't um, realize. You think of ball, you think of the jar, right? A ball jar. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, they don't do those anymore. They sold that business, and they they do predominantly aluminum products right now, but the, the lion's share of their business is aerospace and defense. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, most people don't. Well done, Ball. Lunchables. Lunchables are super gross, but they are also scarce. With and school, they're cheap. You know who relies on... Lunchables and like what we're going to talk about next juice boxes. Yep. Supplies like the food supplies like this, while not healthy, certainly not a good idea to sustain yourself over life or keep your children healthy. A lot of people who are on low income, yep. uh, they rely on products like this to feed their kids with their bridge cards and other things like that. Yep. And, you know, like you said as well, juice boxes, this is, you know, helping helping parents feed feed kids, especially in the summer when uh, kids that qualify for low and reduced lunch can't get low and reduced lunch. 
um, you know, having having low cost options to feed your kids is important. But Kraft is uh, Kraft and Capri Center are having some some trouble there. Cream cheese is another one. You may have to put off baking that cheesecake for now. Stores are running out of Philadelphia cream cheese. I don't know if this also affects generic brands, but uh, Safeway Select cream cheese is quite nice. I love cheesecakes. I'm going to be upset when, yeah. when the, uh, the apocalypse happens. The shortage has gotten so bad that, according to USA Today, bagel shops in New York City are struggling while Junior's Cheesecake's production line was forced to briefly shut down. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Junior's Cheesecake's pretty amazing. Um, all right, baby formula. We know, we all know about baby formula. Um, this again goes back to sh the shutting down of the plant, so another government created crisis. And then, you know, just to, as we've gone through some of this, it feels like punishment, right? Like, what are the, what, like, basically all the things, right? You, all, the, all the things that we need are, are pretty much scarce at this point. But just to, to hammer home, you know, that, that we're going to, we're really going to punish the American people, liquor. Liquor is also, so specifically champagne and beer, according to wine enthusiasts, demand for champagne dropped in 2020. Nobody has anything to celebrate. And then the rosé, and then rose, huh, and then rose again in 2021. This created a problem as the Committee Interprofessionale du Vin de Champagne, the trade organization for the Champagne region, set a lower production cap based on the reduced demand. Supply chain issues have compounded the problem. And meanwhile, the shortage of aluminum cans, the increasing increasing price of raw ingredients have led to shortages and higher prices for your favorite craft brew in 2022. Um, as I said, Ball is uh, based in Colorado, so I will probably call them and see if we can do a, a deeper story on the aluminum shortage. That would be a great idea. Um, and we talked about, uh, again, the baby formula shortage, which, again, a lot of that stuff is not ideal for, uh, you know, keeping your child healthy. However, a lot of people do rely on it, uh, and a lot of people do not have a choice. And either way, this was caused, again, just as a lot of the uh, chicken shortages and a lot of the issues that we're seeing, a plant in Michigan was shut down because they said, oh, like a handful and a single digit handful of kids got salmonella, I believe it was. And I think two of them died uh, and they shut down the entire plant. And uh, this is so we reported on that several weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, just and recently. just to clarify, I don't know that it was salmonella. I think what we reported and what we saw in the reporting was ba a bacterial infection. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, but so that just recently, because uh, this problem is still happening and looks like it's going to continue to spiral, uh, here's what Joe Biden had to say uh, when asked about the shortage, because uh, he apparently hasn't been aware of it. Sure, they did. Not the vaccines, though. Yeah, right. Nobody anticipated it. Yeah, we all did. Yep. Good questions. There's actually some journalisming happening here. Slowly but surely. No, they should have anticipated the downstream implications of shuttering it because they did an assessment. You would think. Oh, take him down. He's, he's just so awful. Groundbreaking. Gr right? Thank you. Thank you for your candid address to the nation. Uh, yeah. Resident-in-chief yeah. Biden. Um, so we've got, we've got food shortages. We've got all sorts of crises happening. Babies can't eat. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we are also anticipating is the, the economic 
implications, further economic implications, and that means that we should make sure that our money is safe in a bank that we can trust. We see a lot of banks out there that are pandering to current trends at the cost of the customer, but there's one that's not afraid to make bold decisions that put customers first, even if it's going to make headlines, and that's Access Bank. To do a quick search, do a quick search and you'll see what I mean. This is a bank that's all about integrity, fairness, and the freedom to do business without compromising our values. Take a look at their rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate, and it's a big one. Listeners can get a $150 bonus if you open it and if you open it by July 31st. Go to accessbank.com slash daily for full details. That's AXOSbank.com slash D-A-I-L-Y. And the, for that cash bonus, you only need a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your rewards checking account. Access Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and therefore us, all of us. Accessbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. Uh, real quick before going on, sure. uh, apparently for the uh, for the audio listeners on Rumble, there was an issue with the Biden clip. C- everyone can hear us clearly. Okay. Because uh, if you uh, if you can hear us, just uh, let us know in the comments that you can hear us. Everything looks good here, so just please it's confirm a, that. Uh, sounds good. Just video was cutting out. Okay. Okay. Like Thank you. Good. Line up. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um. Whew. All right. So more more crisis coming. Um, I wanted to take uh, a little bit of time. You know, we've we've talked a lot about uh, mass shootings and gun control in the past two weeks. Obviously, there's there's been a lot of shootings and horrible shooting in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children and two teachers lost their lives. And uh, we you know, it's 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 important to shine a spotlight on what's happening, the horrible loss of life, but also the mental health crisis that is in effect causing mass shootings and causing a uh, causing this lack of um, uh, loss of life and and uh, you know these these horrible tragedies that we keep seeing but this isn't new Um, mentally impaired people committing atrocities isn't new and uh, you know so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because there are some some new and I'm just trying to pull the find the right cut here Um, so there are some some uh, some news here so B1 Mr. Producer, if you could pull that up, uh, would be assassin Ronald Reagan uh, would be uh, would be Ronald Reagan assassin John Hinckley Jr. to to get full freedom after 41 years. So uh, John Hinckley Jr. has been out of uh, prison for a while. He is um, absolutely mentally impaired. Uh, If you go to B2, the man who shot then President Ronald Reagan in 1981 is, quote, no longer a danger to himself or others, end quote, and will be granted an unconditional uh, release from court oversight this month. A federal judge ruled on Wednesday. John Hinckley Jr. has lived in Virginia since 2016 when he was given permission to live with his mother full-time after several years of being allowed visits to his parents' home. His mother died in 2021. He's since moved out of her home. Um, He moved in with his mother after his father died, uh, and he had um, a bunch of restrictions put on him. I'm looking to see if any of these... uh, It doesn't look like it. So he had to um, have all of his technology monitored. He had to have meetings with, uh, you know, with with the court report... uh, court appointed officials and none of that uh no longer that's no longer happening um you remember hinkley was uh, enthralled with the movie taxi driver and uh in that movie there's an attempt uh to assassinate a president he was obsessed with jodie foster and uh tried to kill president reagan to impress jodie foster he has spent uh 41 years being rehabilitated and they're they're letting him out he has uh said as well that he would like to continue to pursue mental health services as he's out um which is which is great but this is uh this is this is new news that's that's coming out that hinkley is uh, a free man essentially and no longer has any any additional um, restrictions on him. And, you know, I know it's a it's an old story. 1981 is when the shooting happened, but his uh, restrictions were just dropped. And gun violence is a, uh, a very big topic that we're covering right now. So I thought that that was an interesting headline, um, in particular uh, with, with regard to gun violence and mental health. Um, all right. Mr. Producer. So actually, before we go on, I'm just going to remind everyone that this podcast is, again, sponsored by IP Vanish as well. 
uh, since we are all under massive scrutiny from uh, organizations like the government and who knows how they'll get to your information if you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity using an incognito mode won't solve the problem uh, IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private communications, uh, details, passwords, browsing history, and more will be shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's really simple. Uh, they're offering for listeners of this show an incredible 70% off of their yearly plan. Uh, and you also get a 30-day money-back guarantee for that. So that's just like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing everything that you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy with the world. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily. You'll get your 70% savings or nine months for free. That's ipvanish, ipvanish.com slash daily. Uh, go there and check them out. I've been using these guys for uh, close to six months now. Um, and I do like that they give you unlimited number of devices. Uh, so That's great. It's, it's actually a really good deal. Yeah. So I, I realize I, I jumped ahead for us, Mr. Producer. So, uh, you know, we just talked about the the food shortages, um, but I think we were going to we were going to talk about what's happening with diesel and the diesel fluid. Right? Yeah, I want to make sure that we hit this. Um, and so real quickly, uh, we've got a couple of things and because, again, these these people are absolutely evil. They do not care about you. Uh, and these aren't coincidences. No. These aren't things that are just happening. We didn't go from the best economy that America has seen in decades under President Trump to the the conditions in the world getting so bad that that this is the economy that we find ourselves with and this is the shortages and the crises that we find ourselves with. This is manufactured. Uh, and, you know, zoom out and look at the big picture and you can see the chess moves. But I'll, uh, I'll let you go ahead. Sure. So again, uh, at, at which has happened several times in the last few years, uh, we are now seeing uh, more calls for, uh, you know, rationing, essentially. So uh, just recently, there were more water restrictions that were uh, forced upon Southern California. Uh, so this is from the LA Times. So just reading straight from this article for uh, those of you on audio, get ready for short showers and brown lawns. More than 6 million Southern Californian Californians will be placed under new drought rules in an unprecedented effort to conserve water. The restrictions are a response to uh, California's urgent call for a 35% reduction in water use following their driest year ever. Uh, their board has issued severe cuts, said they were left with little recourse, uh, and we have not had the supply to meet the normal demands that we have, and I quote, and now we need to prioritize between watering our lawns and having water for our children and our grandchildren and livelihood and health. Uh, MWD, MWD General Manager Adele, whatever that is, said. More than 97% of the state is now under severe, extreme, or exceptional drought, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. Um, and uh, here's the fascinating part. So everyone is now limited in the city of L.A. to two-day-a-week watering at only eight minutes per station per day or two 15-minute cycles per watering per day for sprinklers with water-conserving novels. They will be assigned watering days based on their address. No watering will be allowed between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. regardless of watering days. Does, it, does this sound familiar? Yeah, I mean, depending on where you live in the United States, it's probably not that... Uh that, that's surprising. I think watering days are, um, you know, common in some areas. We had them when I lived in Florida. Yes, but, but now they're the forcing eight, you. But eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Is um, incredible. As that's well a as drop. 
how are they so watering days have you know been a thing for a long time and and trying to ration water particularly for lawn care in in the southwest and and in some of the drier states um but how are they going to enforce it that's the that's the question that i always come to whenever they pass this kind of stuff is you know how are they going to enforce it because i don't in my experience they don't really enforce watering days right i mean maybe you'll get a letter from the hoa if your neighbors told on you if you watered on the wrong day or something but it wasn't something where law enforcement was coming but we're talking about a water crisis right we're talking about there's different rules in a crisis right anytime they start using emergency and crisis language we can expect tyranny i think covid taught us that yeah and you know and realistically this wouldn't really set up my alarm bells all that much Uh, and in the bigger picture this isn't in any way the greatest threat that we face but as we've seen over the last two years of how they have continued uh to rob us of our own autonomy uh now they're doing this, and this is also after California has seen a major number of fires in the last couple of years, with a large uh, percentage of them being suspected as arson, although the news won't report that. Uh, so Kamala Harris actually had something to say, and it's only 20 seconds because I don't want to play more than that because I can't stand her. Um, I think she cackles in this one, too. She, yeah, so she laughs. She laughs trigger, trigger warning to the audience, Kamala Harris laugh coming up. Yes. I remember watching in the Oakland Hills, Northern California, um, the, 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 the landscape turning from green to brown. And everyone, from my mother, our teachers, the radio DJs, KDIA, <laughs> Lucky 13, <laughs> um, saying how important it was to conserve water. That's how I care about you. You'd think, you know, with all the calls for sensitivity, maybe they would... Uh, be able to control their laughter when citizens that are affected uh, far more than they are by any of these things are facing severe water shortages. But they will they will ration your, your lawn watering to eight minutes a day, twice a day, and then they'll laugh at you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just can't get past Kamala Harris. I'll be the one to say it. Kamala Harris is the first female vice president and is an embarrassment to women. Yeah, amen. So, uh, a little bit more from DevX. Why the food crisis might get worse before anything gets better. From sunflower oil to wheat and other grains, prices of basic staple foods and the fertilizer they need to grow are increasing worldwide as Russia's invasion of Ukraine adds stress to an already fragile food system. Spiking energy prices are making it more difficult to transport commodities. Why do you think that is? So uh, the thing that is, you know, fascinating about the wheat crisis, everything's a crisis, first of all, right? Like, I mean, er- like everything's in crisis. Water, wheat, baby formula, meat, eggs, avocados. Um, but what's fascinating about this is that up until recently, uh, you know, we're, we, were, we called our Midwest the breadbasket of the world. We, uh, you know, produce all the corn we produce, uh, you know, we, we did produce wheat, uh, you know, and, and other commodities that are used. And, you know, I go back to what you were talking about at the beginning, Mr. Producer, about about salting the fields and about t- paying people to destroy crops. You remember um, back in, I, I think, I want I want to say it was late 2020, but I, I, it might have been 2021, the, there were farmers all over social media showing the letters that they had received from the Department of Agriculture to destroy their crops. And we're seeing we're seeing the downstream from that now. But the liars in the the government and their mockingbird media partners want you to believe that this crisis has started because of Putin invading Ukraine a couple of months ago. This is a planned manufactured crisis that's been in the works for a while. Absolutely. And we talk about Ukraine. If prices increase by 15% within a year and you spend more than a half of your income on food, that's a major effect. No kidding. Thank you, economist from the World <laughs> Food Programs. I had not thought of that. We are in this difficult commodity market price but situation Hang on a now. second. Hang on a second before you go on. Because sure. that is like for, for us, it's like, okay, Captain Obvious. Yeah, if you're giving us, if our food is going to cost 15% more, that's a big deal. But 
where the, gas goes up 60 people, cents in one day. The people at the World Food Program, like the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization, they need to be told these things. They need to be told that increasing the cost of goods 15% is going to impact the, the, the common folk, the, the people on the ground. Uh, for the world's poorest, it's not only the war in Ukraine that's exacerbating food insecurity. Um, for the world's poorest, it's not the war in Ukraine that's exacerbating food insecurity at all. Right. It's 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 what the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and the World Food Program have been doing uh, to our food system. It's what governments around the world have been doing to manufacture this crisis because they have to bring about their their new world order. And climate change is the, the catalyst to get them there. Oh, by the way, in the next line, climate change has affected agricultural productivity in areas across the world. It should say world. It says word. From Afghanistan and the Horn of Africa to Central America, last year, around 139 million people faced crisis or worse levels of acute food insecurity across two dozen countries and territories where conflict and insecurity were considered the primary driver. In 2020, that year that COVID-19 was declared a pandemic, 118 more, more million more people became food insecure compared with 2019. World Bank predicts that the global wheat supply will decline for the second consecutive year as grain in Ukraine. Oh, that could be a, that'd be a cool grain in the Ukraine, which exported 10% of the world's wheat supply in 2021 remains stuck in ports blockaded by Russian forces. And again, <laughs> government manufactured crisis, government manufactured crisis. And just to tie that in again, uh, strain on families from infant formula shortage, right? And I'll just yeah. Uh, he just woke. Biden just he, woke he up. Just to figured this. this out. Yeah. There's. I'll read from the middle of this uh, this image here. There's nothing more stressful than feeling you can't get what your child needs. Adding that as a father and grandfather, he understands how difficult shortages have been for parents and children. The crack shortage has been a real struggle for the Biden. I'm family. sure. I'm sure Hunter's really upset about that. Yeah, yeah definitely. But y that's what this is about. This is not, yeah. They want to make this all about Ukraine. A conflict, by the way, that has now rolled in India and other countries, further exacerbating this problem with our, our wheat supply, this supply chain issue, which is a conflict caused by the U.S. and our intelligence agencies who installed a puppet over there and has been a money, uh, you know, a money laundering hub for all the powers here in the United States, for our politicians, for our Department of Defense, for the apparatus of the elites here that do not serve us, that is why this happened in the first place. The Ukrainian people weren't hap happy with what's going on over there. Now they're threatening Russia, and, and we're coming to their aid because they're our buddies and because they don't want to release the truth about how Joe Biden, our president, and his, uh, you know, his associates actually created this entire crisis in the first place. And the threat is not we have to protect Ukraine from Russia. The threat is Americans are now going to suffer. We are now not able to have the lifestyles that we want and not even lavish ones just to feed our children, to afford to be able to go to work every day. That is yeah. what is at stake. This is not about Russia. This is about Americans. And while they don't have the money to help us at all, they shut down the economy and they gave us $1,500 that you had to pay taxes on that we paid for but they'll send 40 billion dollars to ukraine and they just sent several hundred million more i believe and in case you know we think it's going to get better janet yellen oh it's transitory oh wait no i'm sorry it wasn't transitory if you pull up a14 I, I was wrong yes, yeah I, I, was I, wrong. was wrong. I was wrong who could have known though who could have known everyone yeah you know, it's like COVID. the science has changed right we're, yeah. lear we're learning we're learning yeah, from the we're science learning uh, looming price hikes on food set to hit Americans even harder this fall. So if you are not yet prepared and if you haven't, do it while you can. While you can actually store up on some shelf-stable food, do it. In its effort to contain inflation, the Federal Reserve has launched what many expect to be an ongoing series of interest rate increases, which are already taking a toll on stock and housing markets, with job losses likely to follow. As weary as Americans have become from paying record high gas and grocery prices, however, another round of price hikes is making its way through the food supply chain and is expected to reach consumers this fall. The 8.8% increase in food prices that Americans have already seen does not take into account the dramatic cost increases that farmers are now experiencing. This is because farmers pay their costs up front and can only recoup them at the point of sale months later. 
Usually what we see on the farm, the consumer doesn't see for another 18 months, said John Chester, a Tennessee farmer of corn, wheat, and soybeans. But with the severity of these cost increases, consumers could feel the effects much sooner, particularly if weather becomes a factor. Uh, Lorenda Overman, a North Carolina farmer who raises hogs and grows corn, soybeans, and sweet potatoes, said the spike in fuel costs has put her farm into the red this year. Quote, nothing that consumers are paying is going to bridge the gap for farmers right now. End quote. She said, quote, the prices have not hit the grocery stores yet, but she expects that they will start to by the end of summer. Much of the cost of food hinges on the price of oil. They have no electric trucks delivering that food. And there are no electric tractors, Alan said. It takes diesel to run all of this. And diesel is massively important, probably more important than anyone uh, has noticed up until this point uh, for most Americans, other than those who are actually in those industries. And for those of you on audio, that was from Zero Hedge. Um, and now we have Biden uh, to announce $2.5 billion to strengthen the food system. 2.1. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, 2.1, yes. Um, thank God they couldn't find the money to... Uh, you know, build a border wall. But uh, now they're going to strengthen the food system, which they have themselves uh, destroyed. I'd love to know where all this money is going to go. We will I want to know this. where it's coming from. I would, too. You know, I really would, too. Uh, I'm sure they're just printing half of it anyways. Yeah, uh, but I think what that farmer said, right, about how uh, how diesel is is funding all of this, uh, that's that's critically important as we see fuel Oh, yeah, and I, and I have something to play for everyone uh, after this, but just I'm going to go down to the middle of this. We don't need to read all of it. In order for us to be able to deal with future disruptions, whether future pandemics or something else, we need a more resilient system, he said. A more resilient system is a system that has options. Well, you've done a really like good job a, of destroying our options like right now. Like a reset of the system? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a reset that was like kind of great Maybe of the a, food system? Yeah, like a, like yeah. a food system great reset? Hmm, hmm. Hmm. I like I like that. It kind of sounds like the exact same terminology. I don't like terminology. anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the exact same uh, rhetoric, the exact same wording that they use for COVID, right? Right. Um, so now I'm going to play you a video. Um, this is from, uh, I believe it's Off the Grid with Dave and Stacy. Now, this is a YouTube channel. I actually advise you guys to go check out their channel. They have a lot of great information for you. Uh, but I'm going to play this clip of Dave talking about death fluid because you all need to understand what's going on with that. This is the DEF warning, D-E-F. Every diesel motor since 2010 has this DEF fluid that you have to put into it. Even the skid steer there and trucks, all 18 wheelers that move all your food around, all your goods and all your services. Now they say there's some kind of, um, you know, diesel fuel shortage and all this stuff. And I'm here to tell you, this is the guy from the Flying J gas stations, right? The Flying J are the, one of the largest, or if not the largest, um, diesel fueling centers in America. They have, they have stores all over the highways, and they, ha they deal in a lot of this death fluid. Now, they're calling this a shortage of this uh, fluid, this ur urinine or whatever it is. But they say, they say there's a urea shortage. A urea shortage. CFO, CEO, he'll tell you what he is. I got the clip for you here. But he's telling you that he has been instructed by the railroads to cut his shipments back. And then he tries to explain to them what is that going to mean to delivering fuel to the end users and to the 18-wheelers that move all the goods and services in our country. And the DEF fluid, the DEF fluid, and how not having the death fluid can literally stop 18-wheelers in their tracks, okay? Because this stuff's all computerized now, and even on these newer trucks, if you don't have the death fluid in there and the motor senses it, it just shuts your motor off, right? So we already have a kill switch. Okay, so now I'm going to play you one more clip. This is going to be a couple minutes long. This is the CEO of Private Flying J. This was... Uh, this was a testimony, and keep in mind, this was at the end of April. This was like five weeks ago, okay? Um, so we're, we're gearing up for another who could have anticipated moment. Yes, I'm, yeah. Who could have known? Who could have known? Yes, as the administration is telling us that everything's fine, they're going to take care of us, right? Uh, let's listen to what this guy has to say. This is really important, so I want you to pay 
very close attention. If you have any audio issues on Rumble or anything, please let me know uh, as soon as you can. Shamit Konar, I'm the Chief Executive Officer for Pilot Flying J. We operate the largest network of travel centers in the United States serving the U.S. trucking industry. On April 13th, we were informed by the Union Pacific that we were required to reduce shipments by 26%. In subsequent conversations, we were asked to reduce them even further by 50% or face embargoes. Currently account for approximately 20% of the country's highway, or as we call it, over-the-road diesel supply, 20%, as well as 30% of the diesel exhaust fluid supply, also known as DEF. I would like to take this opportunity to take you through a few of the consequences that Union Pacific's mandate will have on the supply chain, the availability of fuel, and fuel prices. First, let me talk about the DEF supply chain, and just as a reminder, we supply about 30% of the DEF in the United States. The trucking sector is dependent on DEF. All trucks manufactured after 2010 cannot operate without DEF. And Pilot operates, if not the largest, one of the largest DEF supply networks in the country. We have 23 rail served DEF facilities that make the DEF, and we have 18 rail transloaders. Of the 300 plus million gallons of DEF that Pilot supplies to the industry every year, 74% is moved via rail. Union Pacific's restrictions will prevent Pilot from keeping many markets adequately supplied with DEF, likely causing shortages that'll sideline trucks and reduce trucking capacity. Let me give you some context. A single rail car carries 21,500 gallons of DEF on average, okay? A single truck generally takes in seven gallons of DEF every time they fill. This is based on that data. So that implies that a single rail car is basically providing 3,000 trucks worth of DEF fills. For some more context, basically every rail car that gets missed in terms of DEF delivery will reduce trucking potential by 5 million miles. All right. It's a really big number, 5 million miles, because you've got 3,000 fills and DEF blends with diesel at a ratio of 2.7% per 100 gallons, all right? So 2.7 gallons of DEF allow a truck to drive 100, uh, to use 100 gallons. Furthermore, a reduction in freight transported by the UP will only add additional pressure on the trucking sector in general. The railways are pulling back. We got to move the stuff on trucks. If we can't supply DEF, there's more pressure on the sector and we let the sector down. Second, fuel availability and pricing. Let me begin with diesel. U.S. diesel inventories today are running 10 to 15 percent below what they have been in the last five years at their lowest point. So if you take the minimum diesel inventory over the last five years, today we're 10 to 15 percent below that number. Certain markets like the Northeast, the West and the Southwest are even in a worse shape than the rest of the country. Renewable fuels like biodiesel, renewable diesel move exclusively on rail, on ships, or on trucks, and there are no pipeline alternatives. Certain states like California are heavily dependent on the imports of renewable fuels that are generally transported on rail. Fourth, over 50% of pilots' renewable diesel is transported on rail and having our capacity cut by 50% would actually increase fuel prices in these states and potentially run out some of these locations. Similar to my colleagues here, Pilot is facing a threat of se severe reduction in rail service allocations. So, are you starting to get the point? Why would they be, why would they be singling out them? Why deaf fluid? So what is deaf fluid? Yeah. Let's talk about what deaf fuel is. So he said it in there, diesel exhaust fluid, right? Every diesel truck made since 2010 uses this stuff. Tractors, all kinds of stuff. You know who's the largest uh, producer of urea, which they use for this? Russia. No, India. Oh. 
but they don't export most of it. They consume most of it themselves. The largest exporter is Russia. They do have a lot of people. Russia is the largest. Uh, Next is Qatar, and uh, third is Egypt and Russia. They're about even. Russia and China are no longer going to export it. And this is important because diesel exhaust fluid is the one of the primary components of it is urea fertilizer, right? That is that is what the India is the largest producer of, Russia is the largest exporter of, and we're seeing the disruptions to our supply chain, meaning that we can't, uh, you know, the 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 core component for diesel exhaust fluid is uh, that's the supply chain implication here, right? Is that that because of Russia, because of whatever, that urea fertilizer is, uh, is, has been impacted and that impacts our ability to make diesel exhaust fluid, correct? Correct, that right? yep, okay. nailed it. And in addition to that, uh, urea is also used for fertilizer. So the United States is the third largest importer in the entire world, I believe, and we import most of our fertilizer. So this is another thing that I've, I've heard personally from individuals. They cannot get the fertilizer in. Uh, they either can't afford it, some of them, the smaller ones, or they quite literally can't get it in. They're saying, yep, yeah, that's it. That's all you're going to get. And if we do get any more, it might be double the price. And so farmers are having to forego planting this year all over the country because they can't get in fertilizer. And we are being told by the, you know, the wizards of the world that they're going to solve this. How are they going to solve this? Yeah, right. Don't look behind the curtain. Oh, yeah, God forbid. They say we're just going to double our crop. We're just going to plant twice as much. That's not possible. Right. That is impossible. You know, we're talking about manufactured, manufactured crises, in particular manufactured food crises. And, you know, it's talking about diesel exhaust fluid is important because it uses urea fertilizer in it. But urea fertilizer in and of itself is uh, is being restricted. And this is not a government mandate. This is not a a government decision that came down. This is not. I mean, it's I'd still argue it's a government manufactured crisis, but they're using private entity to bring it about in terms of Union Pacific Railroad. Right. Union Pacific Railroad has made the decision to restrict the uh, the fertilizer shipped shipments and will not accept new orders. Can you pull up that Michigan Farm News article? Uh, the one that you just sent? Yeah. And this is, again, going back, as, as Apollo said earlier, going back to uh, to April. U.S. fertilizer manufacturer CF Industries. This is a U.S. fertilizer manufacturer. CF Industries is advising customers it serves via U- Union Pacific Rail Lines that rail r- railroad mandated shipping reductions will result in nitrogen fertilizer shipment delays during spring planting season. Okay, so this is the, so so. Just in case you're wondering, well, what part of the the world does that cover? I think we have a, a an image. Yeah, if you, I don't know if you want to pull up the image. Yeah, so this is what we're talking. So the 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 areas of the nation, the the breadbasket of the world that gets its fertil- fertilizer via Union Pacific Railroad, is shown on on this map. So this is the this is the the reach that we're talking about with this seemingly arbitrary decision by by uh, by Union Pacific Railroad. Um, so they are restricting. So they informed the fertilizer production without any advance notice that they were mandating approximately 30 shippers, including CFI, reduce the volume of private cars on its railroad, that's private fertilizer carrying cars on its road effective immediately. CFI was told to reduce its shipments by nearly 20%. Non-compliance, according to CFI, will result in the embargo of its facilities by Union Pacific. So think about that, right? We were just talking about Flying J. Flying Js are everywhere. If you look at that map that we just showed, um, you look here, along a lot of those lines are Flying Js because they're the largest uh, private uh, uh, service station uh, in the West. And you can see that the impact that this will have. They get the majority of their diesel exhaust fluid via Union Pacific Railroad. All of the farmers in these areas get their fertilizer via Union Pacific Railroad. And Union Pacific has said without advance notice that they are mandating a reduction in the number of fertilizer that can be delivered to this area of the nation. Why? I, I can't find a why. I see a quote here from a Union Pacific spokesperson 
so this is first the um, Tony Will, who is the president and CEO of the um, yeah, scroll down a little bit more. Uh, he's the, the president and CEO of the fertilizer company, fertilizer manufacturer that we're talking about, the U.S.-based fertilizer manufacturer that we're talking about. He said, quote, not only will fertilizer be delayed by these shipping restrictions, but additional fertilizer needed to complete spring applications may be unable to reach farmers at all, end quote, Will said. Quote, by placing this arbitrary restriction on just a handful of shippers, Union Pacific is jeopardizing farmers' interests and increasing the cost of food for consumers, end quote. Union Pacific spokesperson Robin Seaver told Michigan Farm News the company is committed to proactively supporting customers working to address the impact of several disruptive events to address national supply chain issues. I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that what the I know what what Tony Will said. I know what that means. I know that that placing arbitrary restrictions on the number of fertilizer that can be shipped throughout the United States is going to impact farmers' ability to apply that fertilizer to their crops in the spring, and that's going to bring about additional food insecurity and food crises around the country. But I don't know what it means when the Union Pacific spokesperson says we're committed to supporting customers and working to address the impact of several disruptive events to address the national supply chain issues. I don't know what that means, and I. I certainly don't know how we're addressing national supply chain issues by further creating supply chain issues. Well, and again, we're a massive importer of this. We import most of it. And uh, we've just somehow in the space of a few months got involved in a conflict, which has effectively shut off our ability to import this, uh, this deaf fluid. And now on top of that, for no good reason, apparently, they are reducing our own ability to move it around our country and get it to those people who need it in order to sustain critical industries like our farming industry, like our trucking industry. Yeah, farming and random? trucking. Farming and trucking are the two main Boom. industries that are impacted by this arbitrary decision by Union Pacific Railroads. Who owns Union Pacific Railroads? Do you know? Actually, I'm pretty sure it's BlackRock. It, so BlackRock is the largest institutional holder of it, but Union Pacific Railroad uh, is part of uh, Burlington North Santa Fe Railroads, mm. which is who? Warren Buffett. So going back to the globalist class making decisions in Davos that downstream impact the rest of us, you're seeing it happen in real time. Like I said, it's terrifying that they're not hiding anymore. This is brazen and it's out in the open. The railroad companies are creating a, are creating a, uh, a crisis for both truckers and farmers in the United States of America right now. And we're all supposed to believe it's because of Russia. And just a reminder, uh, BlackRock's chairman is uh, Tom Donilon, who was Obama's former national, national security advisor. And his brother, whose name is Mike Donilon, is uh, a Biden senior advisor. So, <sighs> so you know, crazy how the, the faces don't change. So I know we're about out of time on Frank's speech. Uh, so if you are listening on Frank's speech, God bless you and thank you for listening. We're going to keep going. We're going over today. Um, if we have lots to say today. Yeah, we've got a lot. Along. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have probably a, a full close to a full another hour. Um, if you are on Frank's speech, uh, thank you for supporting us. You can go to my pillow. You can go to mypillow.com/cd21. Uh, I know they have a deal on slippers right now, so please go check them out. It is Father's Day. Uh, it's my birthday. You can buy me some slippers. It's Ash's birthday. Mm. Uh, so go over to use CD21. You'll get up to 66% off and higher on some other ones. Um, so if you're still over there, you can uh, come over to conservative-daily.com or Rumble uh, and check us out there. But thank you to the Frank Speech team. Yeah, we're, we're you know, talking, first hour here, we're talking about uh, manufactured crises and, and how, you know, the world is just so bad right now and everything in America is so bad right now. And it's it hasn't been that long since everything was good, even in the midst of COVID, right? Uh, things were better than they are now. And um, I think uh, the, when I say the midst of COVID, I mean before the stolen election. Uh, not after the stolen election. Everything went downhill after the stolen election because, as Steve Bannon says, stolen elections have catastrophic co consequences. Um, but, you know, the, so, so you can see, if you zoom out and you look at the macro, the macro level moves that are happening, you can see what they're doing, right? Yes, if you speculate on this, they'll call you a crazy conspiracy theorist. Come sit by me. It's totally fine. Who cares what they call you? 
zoom out and you'll see the macro level chess moves. You'll see that they are doing downstream things like, you know, a, a reduction in shipping of fertilizer on Union Pacific railroads. And when that creates a food crisis, we're going to see the, uh, the Biden administration, the SCROTUS regime, come out and say, uh, who could have known? Sorry, we were wrong. Who could have known that this would happen? This is, it's, it's intentional. They're not idiots. They're evil. They're monsters. But they're not idiots. They know exactly what they're doing. No, actually, these people are brilliant. Right. I'll, uh, and I'll say that. Some of the politicians are absolutely idiots. Um, but the people engineering this, they are, they're very good at this. They are brilliant. And they are doing this in a brilliant way. Uh, so we need to be wise of their wiles. Um, I want to play, you know, talked about conspiracy theorists. So apparently the uh, CEO of J.P. Morgan has joined us in conspiracy theory ranks. Ooh. I know. Very exciting. So let's I don't listen to his. It. It's a hurricane. It's, we, right now it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or, or uh, Andrew or something like that. And it's, you, you better brace yourself. Hmm. Hey, we've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we've been saying that you need to brace yourself and get prepared and buy some food for a long time. We should be so the CEOs of J.P. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not willing to sell my soul. So, um, you know, that's not an option for me. But uh, it's not conspiracies, right? Again, we get called conspiracy theorists by the, the mockingbirds and, you know, by institutional Republicans, establishment Republicans who uh, are committed to the status quo. But these people tell you exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They always tell you exactly what they're doing. When he says Hurricane Sandy's coming, Hurricane Sandy's coming. When they say we need a biometric ID that is tied to your health passport and all of your medical records and your bank account and your allowance from the government, that's what they mean. They don't talking riddles they tell us exactly what we're doing what they're doing and our biggest issue is that we don't believe them it's that in our american apathy we think oh well you know that's academic or that's you know just thought leadership that's being put out these aren't things that they're actually going to do the american people would never allow that to happen that's one of my favorite ones that went out the window in 2020 the american people allowed a whole lot of stuff to happen in the name of fear Right. And so what do you think that they're doing with manufactured food crises? Is that going to make us bold or is that going to make us more fearful? Well, again, what better way to turn us against ourselves? You uh, you stress people out enough. They're not going to look up to the people on the hill. You know, who are the ones throwing mortars at their supply lines when they're so distracted and everyone's so divided among issues that don't really matter they're going to turn on each other and they're doing a good job at it. Look at, look at how they're, how they're uh, spinning all of this. And for two years, for more than two years, but uh, particularly now, you know, people who speak truth, people who oppose this agenda, who just, you know, want to enjoy the freedoms that God guarantees us that are articulated in the constitution. (laughs) 